uh, those that are lost and might take a little bit different turn today. I certainly always want to follow what the Lord has put on our heart and uh, pray Lord might give me liberty today. Um, I was uh, thinking about some things here this last week and and uh, read a thing, come across something earlier than the week that that made mention of it, um, that if you was to bring your child to church from the day that he was born until he reached 18 years old, that approximately you would be in church with them 900 and I believe it was 916 or 60 days uh, total uh, by the time they reached 18 years old. And I guess I really hadn't put that much thought into it, but to put that in perspective, that's about two and a half years over the span of 18 years. That's not including revivals and Sunday night services, I understand. But when you really begin to put that in perspective, uh, that's not a whole lot of time. Uh, Two and a half years uh, over the span of them being 18, and and we hope that we instill in them and uh, continue to build on the foundation of them. We're praying that they're saved, but building upon that foundation that they would continue to come and seek the Lord, uh, would come and serve the Lord. We know a lot of times the young people, they, they go off to school and different things, and, and, and a lot of times they get in relationships, but we pray that we've laid the foundation, and the foundation being Jesus, that would, they would continue to come in the Lord's house and serve Him, and that they would find their place in the service. And not only them, but all of God's people would find their place in the service. Uh, This morning, I've said this before, and I guess really my thought this week come from Brother Carter. Brother Randall Carter come this Sunday night and preached and done a good job. And we was thankful that he was here. And and the Lord kind of gave me a little thought off of that. But uh, we all have a part in the service. Uh, There's no big eyes or little U's when it comes to serving the Lord and And I believe wholeheartedly that the preaching of the gospel, uh, that the Lord has given us this lot. Uh, But my job as a pastor here is no more important than than your job. Uh, You've got a job to do this morning. Uh, It may be playing the piano. It may be teaching Sunday school. It may be helping in the youth services. Whatever it is this morning, we all have a part in the Lord's service. We all have something to do this morning. And I pray that when we enter into the house of God, and even before we come this way, that we've searched our hearts, and we've searched out what God would have us to do in His service. It's not Brother Casey's service, but it's the Lord's service today. It's, this is His day. This is His day that we've come into His house that we might worship Him and praise His holy name, that He might be exalted. And when His name is exalted, when He's lifted up, then He'll draw all men unto Him. And I certainly believe that today. Uh, So we have a part, we have something to do in the service of the Lord. And I realize today that we're getting closer to Christmas, but I want to, as we reflect upon the year and we're drawing closer to a new year, I I began to think about what more can we do that we might be in service to the Lord? What more can we do Instead of laying things down, what can we pick up that we might serve the Lord more than we did? Uh, That we might try to do better tomorrow than we did today. Help us that we might be encouraged 
to go out and as we approach a new year to continue to work and labor for God. And, and I realize Brother Carter made mention about being called out, being a chosen people was his subject Sunday night. So don't necessarily want to re-preach that, but I, I do have a few thoughts that I want to look at. Here in 1 Kings in the 19th chapter, 1 Kings the 19th chapter this morning, I realize as we begin to uh, think about Elijah and the work that he done, he was a great prophet of the Lord. The Lord used him uh, in a great and mighty way, but we also find here, if you'll read in this a little bit previously in this chapter, how that the Lord, how that had Elijah had challenged those prophets of Baal, and how that the Lord had showed up in a great and mighty way, and it wasn't too long uh, uh, here in the 19th chapter that Elijah, I guess you could say, found a place that uh, maybe he had somewhat of self pity about himself just a little bit. Uh, he found himself in a, pre- a depressed state. Uh, he really got down to a, a low place, if you will. And uh, we find here that the Lord had spoken to him in a still small voice. And this morning, I I want that to be an encouragement to you that God does still speak to us. And He speaks to us in a still small voice. We can hear Him. A lot of times as God's people, I feel like we get in such a hurry. uh, We get in our prayer closet or we get to seeking the Lord and asking Him and desiring to talk to Him and Maybe we get to wanting an answer about something right then and there. And we get in such a hurry that we're uh, uh, not patient enough to wait upon the Lord and allow Him to speak to us. And this morning I feel like I speak to Him a lot, but I desire that He speak to me. I need His voice and His direction in my life. I, I need His guidance. I need Him to speak to me. And a still small voice, I I know His voice, I understand Him. He speaks to the depths of my heart and I need His direction in my life. And my friend, as as the church of of the living God today, we need His direction. We need to, to wait and hear His voice. And so it is here that the Lord had spoken to him and Elijah had got to a point that he had felt all alone. And my friend, I don't know, maybe you felt, your, uh, felt yourself that way several times. I know that I have. I've, I've got down to a place to where I have felt all alone. I kind of felt like maybe I was on an island all by myself, you know. But the Lord told him that there was a remnant. He told him that he still had a job for him to do. And he began to speak to his heart that there was a remnant there of Israel of some 7,000 men. That Elijah had no idea. He thought, all this time I've been working, I've been laboring, and, and yet God speaks to him and says, listen, I've been doing what I need to be doing too. He said, there's a remnant of some 7,000. And the Lord told him here about a man that he was going to call by the name of Elisha. Now, I may get those names mixed up. They sound a whole lot alike this morning. Elijah and Elisha. So, uh, with that being said, but I want to tell you a little bit here about this man named Elisha. Here in the 19th verse, we want to take up our reading in this 19th chapter of 1 Kings. It says, So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Saphath, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelve, and Elisha passed by and cast his mantle upon him. 
And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then will I follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh and the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elisha and ministered unto him. I want to stop there with our reading just for a moment. And as we said earlier that you can find that uh, Elisha had found himself maybe in a place to where he was I had just a little uh, somewhat of depression. And, and really, uh, even though you reflect back on these two prophets here and you look how God used them, there's a lot of similarities between the two. Uh, there's, a, I believe, a similarity between uh, Elijah and, and John the Baptist as far as their appearance looked. You can find that in the first chapter of, here of Kings. But also, if you look here, they had a lot of similarities as far as the miracles that they would do and the things that God would use them for. But Elijah had found himself in a place to where he had felt all alone. And I want to really instill that to you today, that we need to focus upon hearing the still, small voice of God. That it directs us in our life. That we look to the Lord for our help and for our guidance. There's been a whole lot of people that I, I've got a lot of confidence that have helped me, that have been a great help to me. But ultimately, the Lord Jesus has been the guiding light in my life. He has guided me. He has directed me. He's told me which way to go. And there's been times that I've not known which way to turn. But He has helped me in my walk. Now find here that, uh, uh, that Elisha, he was plowing. Uh, he was tending there to the field. Uh, uh, and I've heard, I've read different commentators that maybe uh, uh, said that he was the, uh, the twelfth oxen that was in the rear that was plowing and so on, but that's not necessarily my point today, but rather that he was laboring and that he was working. He found himself out in the field, he was plowing, and, and as Elisha passed by, he cast his mantle upon him. Now, that robe as he cast it upon him, I want you to know and understand that uh, that he didn't just let that mantle fall to the ground. He didn't just waste it away. He didn't just up and decide that, uh, that he didn't want to do what uh, had been laid to his charge. But rather, uh, he said, let me first go back to my father and my mother. And, and uh, let me go back to my father and mother and kiss them. And he said, then will I follow thee. And he said unto him, uh, go back again, what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen. And my friend, what I began to think about was, is how that here, Elisha had found himself, uh, uh, maybe a job that seemed too uh, big for a lot of us, uh, uh, but I want you to know that Elisha, uh, he had no hesitation upon what uh, uh, was being placed on his lot. He found himself that he was willing to, everything that might be holding him back, he was willing to sacrifice those things. Anything that, as he began his work, his ministry, he didn't want anything to be holding him back. He didn't want to have to look back, I believe, uh, later on down the road and say, I, I make a regret that I've done this and I'm going to go back to the way that things used to be. 
I've got this going on, I've got that going on, but rather he was willing to sacrifice those things that he might be able to follow the Lord to the full completeness that God would have him to follow him. And my friend, this morning I I realize, uh, uh, standing before you today, that uh, uh, if we allow things to, uh, they'll get in our way of the service of God. Uh, They'll stand in our way. Uh, We'll get in a place to where uh, we'll begin to think that the the world is uh, seems more appealing to us. And what was it there that the Lord said? He said, uh, "There, I believe it's um, uh, there in Matthew." But He said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness." And He said, "All other things will be added unto you." And my friend, ultimately, that ought to be our desire as the children of God is to seek His righteousness. And the way that He would have us to go. Now I'm not implying this morning uh, that we don't need to work. I'm not implying that we do not need to, to labor with our hands. I believe uh, uh, that's scriptural. Uh, but I do want to say this morning, and, and, and I, let me just say this while I'm on that subject. It seems like uh, we're living in a day and time where uh, uh, young men and young women don't know how to be young men and young women anymore. Uh, It seems like we're living in a day and time where uh, uh, even that seems questionable. Uh, Young men, uh, uh, it just seems to me how things have changed. And I know that uh, maybe uh, we're in a little bit different geographical area than where I live at. But uh, when I was a little boy coming up, uh, it was an understanding that your daddy and grandparents taught you how to be a man. They taught you how to be a man. Uh, they brought you up and they raised you in a way that uh, uh, there was expectations to being a man. Uh, not just, uh, uh, I'm talking about physical things, but uh, uh, they taught me how to uh, sharpen a pocket knife. They taught me how to fish. They taught me how to hunt and provide for my family. They taught me uh, uh, how to cut and rick wood. Things that I needed to know how to do. They taught me those things. And it seems like even now in the day and time that we live in, uh, uh, parents just don't seem to have the time, uh, nor do they have the interest in their children anymore to instill in them not only godly things, but essential things. And then we sit back and wonder why the world is in the condition that it is, that young boys don't know how to be boys anymore, and young girls don't know how to be little girls anymore. We sit back and we wonder why things are like it is. Because if we're honest within ourselves, we're in such a hurry that we don't even make time anymore. And time is precious. It is essential. As James said, it is but a vapor. It is here but for a little while and then it vanisheth away. It's gone. So my friend, this morning we have an obligation as God's people, to take an interest in our young people, not only to raise them up in a moral good standing way, that they understand how to be good young men and good young ladies, but that we raise them up in a godly way. Uh, For that is the church's responsibility, to raise them up in a way that they can carry on what we've tried to teach them. Uh, My friend, listen. He didn't have, uh, he could have, uh, left these things uh, that would have appeared unto him like something that he could have gone back to. But my friend, this morning, that's what the Lord Jesus uh, told those that were going to follow him. He said, follow me. And my friend, 
uh, this morning there could be no greater words that can be spoken to you when the Lord Jesus saves you and He gives you that gift in your heart and He says, follow thou me. Follow me. No matter where you go in life, no matter the education, no matter the job you get, no matter the, the family that you have, no matter any of those things, you focus your life on me. Follow thou me. But how easy is it a lot of times that we look back and we think about the other things. We look back and we think about these things and, 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 and the things of the world. And my friend, if we're not careful, and I'm talking about as God's people, if we're not careful to lay those things aside, to sacrifice those things, lay them down, get them out of our way, that we will make Jesus first and foremost in our life. For that's what the Lord said. He said, this is the greatest commandment. It's to love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, with all of thy might. Every substance that makes us up to love the Lord thy God. My friend, how many of us are willing to sacrifice these this morning? You say, Brother Casey, you've got yours. I do. Cell phones are great help, isn't it? They are. How much of those things consume our time? I'm guilty of it. But how much of it consumes our time? Now let me ask you this this morning. If it come down to it between serving the Lord and having this, would you let this go? I'm not telling you to go home and throw your cell phone in the trash can. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, is we have to find a place to where we're willing that Jesus Christ is first and foremost in every aspect of our life. To follow Him. And to listen to His still small voice when He speaks to her heart. The Lord would go on to use Elijah. He would go on to use him in, in a great way. And he would go on to use Elijah. And uh, we find here in the second Kings in the second chapter, if you'll go with me over there for just a moment. Second Kings in the second chapter. Elijah here, he's fixing to be carried away. Elijah goes with him. and I want to start here maybe about the 8th verse. And it says, Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they divided hither and thither so that they went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on, they 
uh, and talked, and behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah, Elijah went up by fire a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Jordan that fell from him, and smote the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also spitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And I want to stop there for a moment. Elisha had been under the, the ministry uh, and, and the uh, teaching there and seen the things that Elisha had wanted to do. And Elijah had come here to the end of his life. And, and he asked him, he asked Elisha, he said, what would you have me to do for you? And he said that I might receive a double portion of thy spirit. And I began to think about that this morning and, and through the week. And, and we find here that Elisha had no need to desire to turn back and go back to his previous life for he had done sacrifice those things that might hold him back. But he desired that he might receive a double portion. And my friend, this morning, I want you to know and understand, I thought about that as uh, when, I, when I come into this way and there were some brethren that's here that was at my ordination and as they set me apart for this work and as they began to come around and lay hands on me. And, and that was my prayer that I might receive a double portion. It wasn't a prayer that I might receive a double portion that I might do better than them. And I don't think that's what Elisha was asking for. But he was asking for a double portion of his spirit that he might be able to endure that he might be able to have the burden that Elijah had, that he might be able to, to preach with boldness as Elisha had, that he might be able to do the miracles that Elisha had, and that God would use him in a great way just as Elisha had been used. And I find here this morning, maybe you've not been called out as a preacher, but my friend, this morning you've been called out to follow the Lord. You've been called out to do a great work this morning. And your work may uh, not be uh, grand. It may not be the biggest thing in the world. But listen, if God has called you out, if He saved your soul, He's given you a work to do. And my friend, this morning I pray that you might ask God to give you a double portion like the saints of old, like the saints that are around you, that you might have a burden in your heart to tell people about the Lord Jesus. That you might have a double portion this morning. If you think about that, we, we live in a day and time and there's people today that preach this and I really don't know where this doctrine got started. But there's a doctrine that's been, been being preached for a couple of years now and I, like I said, don't know where it come out of. But you can only be saved by hearing it from a Baptist preacher. And my friend, I don't understand that. I don't know where that come from. Uh, but I want you to know this morning that I believe the woman at the well tears that all apart. That woman at the well, she went back there to that city there at Samaria, and it says that they believed because she testified unto them. My friend, she went to them. She told them, she said, uh, uh, come and see a man who's told me all that I ever did. And she went back and they believed upon her because of her report. They believed her this morning. Do you understand as God's people the gift that you have inside of you? Uh, that's what Ephesians tells us. It says that it is the gift of God. There's a lot of gifts from God, but it is the gift of God. 
That is the gift. Every perfect and good gift comes from the Lord above, does it not? That's what James says. But it is the gift. He's given us something this morning to share with the world. He's give us something to you. I, 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 listen, I, I'm not here to argue this morning. I have differences of opinion than some. I've heard some people say, well, uh, and I, I, this is just how I grew up. You go to church and the church turn loose and they start shouting and start testifying. Before you know it, you leave church and they say, boy, we just had one of the best services. There was no preaching today. Y'all ever heard people say that? Well, I'm going to tell you from a preacher standpoint, you do enough of that, it kind of hurts your feelings. Uh, <laughs> it kind of hurts your feelings. But we need to hear the preaching of the word. But my friend, what's more important is the spirit turn loose and God just take direction of the service. That's what we need. We need to listen to the still small voice of God. And say, Lord, wherever it is that you'll send me, I'll follow you. Whatever it is, God, that's holding me back, if it's this, if it's that, Lord, I'm willing, dear God, just to lay it down, but help me to follow you. I'm not saying this morning that you've got to quit your job. Some people do. Some people do. I'm not saying this morning that you've got to uh, uh, throw your cell phone in the trash. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying this morning that sometimes we need to take a reflection of our life and say, God, what's holding me back from fully serving you? And you know something? God went on to use Elisha in a great way. Many of the same miracles that Elisha done, he done it too, but I can find nowhere in the scripture that says that Elisha ever got to a place to where he was depressed or maybe got down and out. I can't find it. It's not there. But even upon his deathbed, he was faithful. Even upon his deathbed. Help us this morning to all have that same, that same desire. When we look up here at what the Lord Jesus taught, he said it this way. In Matthew, in the 25th verse, he talked about what it is to have talents. This morning, I might ask you, do you have a talent? Do you have something God has given you? Do you have a talent? Do you, do you say, well, Brother Casey, I can't sing. Neither can I. And boy, we've got some good singers here, don't we? But I tell you what I love to hear. I love to hear somebody when the Spirit of God gets a hold of them. And every little crackle that's in their voice, it may not sound very appealing to the ears, but I tell you where it needs to be directed to that heart. That's where it goes. I don't have the greatest voice in the world, but I'll say this, when God's helping me sing, it doesn't matter who's around me because I'm not... I love you, but I'm not singing for you this morning. Do you know who I'm singing for? I'm singing for Him. I'm singing for Him. When I say it's all about the Lord Jesus, it's all about Him. When we're playing piano, and I can't play piano, but Sister Jenny, bless her heart, she's playing for Him. When we're teaching Sunday school to our young children, who are we teaching for? We're teaching for Him. 
We're telling them about the Lord Jesus. So this morning you may say, I don't have any talents. But listen to what Jesus told them over here. He said in the 25th verse, 25th chapter, 14th verse, he says, The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he hath given five talents, and to another who and to another one, and to every man according to his several ability and straightway he took his journey. Then he that hath received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them over five talents, other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained two other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. For as long time the Lord of those servants cometh, and reckoneth with them. And so he that hath received five talents came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, well done, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee a ruler over many things. Enter now into thy joy of thy Lord. And my friend, and he would go on to say that to the man who took the two talents and gained two more. But he had something else to say to that one that took the one talent and hid it. My friend, this morning that ought to be all of our desire as God's people. Each and every one of us, Brother Mike was talking about this morning, that when we die and we draw our last breath, that we get to enter into the portals of glory and the Lord Jesus being the first thing that we see. What is it that you desire to hear from Him this morning? What is it that you desire that you might see from Him? I mean, what will we be able to say when we stand before His presence, the one that gave His life for us? I don't know if thank you will be sufficient, but I'll tell you what I desire to hear Him say. I desire to hear Him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. My friend, it's just a few things that He's asked you to be faithful over. He's not asked you to move the world. He's not asking you to do anything that, that we're not able to do through His guiding help this morning. But He's asking you to be faithful over a few things. Just a handful. My friend, those few things can be bringing your children and your grandchildren to church that they might hear about Jesus. My friend, those few things might be going out into the highways and the hedges and compelling them to come in that they might hear about the one that can save them. My friend, those few things is being here when the Lord, when the doors of the church is open and being present in the Lord's house and asking for a part in the service. Those few things don't seem like a lot, but my friend, to hear Him speak it to you when you enter into the portals of glory, well done, thy good and faithful servant. My friend, that ought to be a desire from all of us this morning is to hear Him speak those words to us. I realize today that we could all do better. I could do better. And you want to know something this morning? I desire to do better. I want to continue to learn and to grow and to dig deeper and deeper. And I need the Lord's help with that. But my friend, there are so many things in this world that seems attractive to us that's holding us back. And I feel like so many times we want to come into the Lord's house and we kind of want to go through the motions and uh, they just wait for the preacher to say this and to say that. And 
You think, boy, I wish it could have went this way, or I wish this could have happened, or I wish that could have happened. What are we doing to see those things come to pass? You know, sometimes we got to say, Lord, is it me? Is it me? The Lord told him over here, he's talking to this one that took the talent and hid it. He said, then he saith unto the one that received the one talent, come, a talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, and thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strowed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there hast, excuse me, thou hast that is thine. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strown. And my friend, this morning, God has put something in your heart. He's given you the ultimate gift. I can't pull it out of you. But my friend, this morning, we need to be willing to let the redeemed say something. We need to be willing this morning to let God have his way with our service. This morning, we need to be asking God, Lord, give me something this morning to do that I might bring honor and glory to your name. I'm not telling you this morning to work something up. I'm not telling you this morning to get some kind of wild spirit about you. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying this morning is to follow the leadership of that still, small voice when he speaks to your heart. How many times have you sit back and the Lord has given you something to do and you've curled the back of that bench with your fingers till about your knuckles turn white? Anybody ever done that? I have. And you know what we're doing when we do that? We're quenching the Spirit. We're quenching the Spirit of God. So this morning, if he gives you something to do, I want to encourage you to do that. Because we're serving the Lord Jesus, the one that gives you the ultimate gift. The gift. You know what James says over here? James says it this way. He said, What doeth profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye gave them not those things which are needful to the body. What doeth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yes, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Shew me thy faith without thy works. And I will shew you thy faith with by my works. This morning, we desire that we might shew forth our faith by our works. I realize this morning you may say that uh, I've told my testimony a million times. There's some of you I've never heard your testimony. There's some that I've never heard what the Lord has done for you this morning. Y'all have heard mine probably enough that you could recite it. Uh, uh, from the beginning to the back. This morning, why is it so hard for us to share what God has put in our heart? Why? Why is it so difficult sometimes for us to share what God has given us, the ultimate gift, the Savior of the world? He's died and gave His life for us. 
And my friend, you say, well, my testimony won't have any effect. Did that woman there at the well, her testimony had an effect of what God done for her, didn't it? Lost people are listening. My children are listening. They may not hear daddy. They may not hear daddy preach. But my friend, this morning, if the Spirit of God is in your testimony and you stand up and tell what God's done for you, my friend, maybe they'll hear that. There's power in service of the Lord when the Spirit's in you. There's power there. There's power. You know what? I'm about done. I'm going to be done just here to me. Apostle Paul said this in the second Corinthian letter in the fourth chapter. He said, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hidden, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out in darkness, had shined it in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God unto the face of Jesus Christ. My friend, this morning, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to those that are lost. That we are to let it shine out into the darkness, into this dark world. Let it shine out. We are a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. But if the salt has lost its savor, where will, will it be salted? My friend, this morning we have a need to share what God has put in our heart. And I know that it's close to Christmas. I know maybe you're expecting a Christmas sermon. And maybe the Lord might take us that way. But I'll be honest with you. I pray that each and every one of us come in here next Sunday with our hearts so full that we serve a risen Savior. And my friend, that every lost person in this place would receive the greatest gift that God could ever give them. The greatest gift that they could ever have is what God had given them. Is something standing in our way? I believe this in all of my heart. If something is standing in your way, if you earnestly want it to be removed, God will help you to remove it. I believe that with all of my heart. He'll make a way. We cannot limit God to say that, that, that they have to hear the gospel by a Baptist preacher. You know what that does? Number one, that limits God. And God is limited. He can use each and every one of us. You may not be a Baptist preacher. You may never be a minister. But I'll tell you what. He's given you a gift in your heart this morning to share with the world. To tell the world about what he's done for you. What will you hear when you enter into the portals of glory? I don't know this morning. But I tell you what I desire. 
is well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Have we been faithful over a few things? I pray that we have. I pray that we slow down just enough to say, God, search my heart. Help me to find my place in your service, God. There's Sunday's church that I come and I preach my heart out and I don't see people make a move. And as a pastor, as a preacher, that's hard. That's hard. And church, I need your help. We need the power of God. We need the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. The Spirit does the convicting. And you know what we do as God's people? We pray it now. We pray, God, come in and come in amongst our service and you just have your way with it. That'd be my prayer for us, church, that we'd find our place in the service. Lord, take me, use me. Here I am. I pray today that this be a help to you. I pray today that we would all. Lord might take us and use us for his honor, for his glory. That would be my message today. I pray that it's a help to you. Brother Strode, if you would, if you'd get us a song together. As always, I want to encourage you, if you're here and lost, if you've never been saved, if you don't know what it is, what I'm talking about, the gift of God, if you've never experienced it, that wonderful grace, my friend, then I beg you to come seek the Lord by he may be found. Church, I pray that we're busy and about his work today while we still have time.